Welcome to the Theo Soul Podcast, where theology meets sociology, along with a little bit of soul. I'm your host, Chad Cooper. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Sunday School Sundays. This is when we set aside some time for Christian education. We'll go over a Bible lesson that includes scripture verses, a brief introduction and background of the setting. Then the exposition will give a verse-by-verse breakdown with some life application and some questions. On today's episode, we're going to talk about lesson number 10 in our summer series on wisdom. The title of our lesson is Hearing and Doing the Word of God. Our topic is Talk is Cheap. We're going to break down the book of James, chapter number 1, verses 19 through 27. Our main thought or our memory verse for this Bible lesson is James chapter 1 verse 22. From the King James Version it reads, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. The background for our lesson setting takes place around the years 44 through 62 AD and the place is Jerusalem. James is the author of this letter or book and Jesus' younger half-brother, a son of Mary and Joseph. See Mark 6 and 3. Though he did not believe in Jesus as Messiah at first, following Christ's resurrection, James became a prominent leader among the disciples. Inspired by the work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the African-American Civil Rights Movement, Cesar Chavez became one of the best-known activists for the rights of Latino Americans. In an attempt to stir his audience to action, Chavez said, Talk is cheap. It is the way we organize and use our lives every day that tells what we believe in." End quote. Chavez's words certainly apply to civil rights, but they apply to every aspect of our lives. Words are important, but our actions tell the real story. In today's lesson, James proved that talking about our faith is not enough. Actions are the real proof of our faith. As we move on to our exposition for our verse-by-verse back breakdown, we have three sections. Section number one includes verses 19 through 21, quick to listen. Section two, verses 22 through 25, quick to do. Section number three, verses 26 and 27, quick to practice true religion. Section one, quick to listen, verses 19 through 21 of the King James Version reads, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, 
Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. James began verse 19 with an endearment, addressing his readers as spiritual family members rather than as a dictator over them. He loved them and felt compelled to ensure they heeded a crucial principle. Everyone must be quick to listen. Verse 19. Here he was addressing the believers as individuals as well as the universal church or the body of Christ. The word listen is indicative of giving one's full attention to a speaker, hearing intentionally, and listening for understanding. Often people react quickly to what they hear without taking time to process fully what has been said. In fact, we sometimes are thinking about how we will respond rather than listening while someone is talking to us. Notice James exhorted Christians to do the opposite because the person who is quick to listen also out of necessity must be slow to speak and slow to become angry. Verse 19. The word slow denotes a sense of hesitation or delay. Fully listening requires a shift in one's focus and attitude of unselfishness, attending to the words and needs of the speaker first. Being quick to listen requires Christians to slow down their reactions in order to pay attention rather than focusing on their own wants, needs, feelings, and opinions. The advice to be ready to listen requires a willingness to hear and act according to what is being said. To be slow to speak demands we remain silent until we have a clear understanding of what the speaker is saying and possess the ability to respond appropriately. This admonishment is a call for restraint, so we do not react based on a misunderstanding and serves to mitigate ill will or feelings of bitterness. James went on to describe why it is necessary to maintain a long fuse. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Verse 20. Notice that Solomon also connected anger with foolishness. Quoting Proverbs 14 and 29. People with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. Quoting Ecclesiastes 7 and 9. Control your temper for anger 
labels you a fool. God desires spirit-filled, righteous behavior from his children. The spirit-filled life is characterized by gentleness and self-control. Galatians 5 and 23. But a telltale sign that a person is being led by the flesh is his or her outbursts of anger. Galatians 5 and 20. Paul seemed to emphasize the same principle in Ephesians 4 and 26, where he instructs the Christians in Ephesus to be angry and do not sin. As anger usually lends us, leads us, to respond emotionally, irrationally, selfishly, and sinfully. We live in a world where we are encouraged to express our feelings, whether godly or ungodly, good or bad, peaceful or insensitive. Yet James 1 and 19 reminds us our words matter. We prove ourselves wise from God's perspective when we take time to listen to God and others, to think and to prepare our responses carefully. Not only is human anger divisive, but angry Christians also prevent the unsaved from seeing the light and love of Christ. It is impossible for people in the world to want to ascribe to the Christian lifestyle when they observe angry and quarrelsome behavior among believers who profess to worship and serve God. Acting in anger will not lead Christians to accomplish God's will. So James instructed his readers to put away or get rid of or lay aside verse 21 the their pre-christian lifestyles including anger so as to live humbly by the principles of god's word verse 21 god's word is said to be implanted in this verse meaning that similar to a seed the truth of the gospel takes root in the hearts of believers. Paul described this process as welcoming the message of God and allowing it to influence and work effectively in our lives. See 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13. James explained the prerequisite for welcoming God's word to influence our lives is to get rid of our lives of all filth and prevalent evil. Verse 21. Obedience to God's word leads to holy living and develops godly character. James said, getting rid of the filth and receiving the implanted word, quote, can save you. Verse 21. Meaning, our obedience to God becomes evidence of the internal experience of salvation. Quick to listen.
section two is entitled quick to do verses 22 through 25 again from the king james version but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like a man like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work this man shall be blessed in his deeds have you ever heard a parent say to a child that his or her instructions were going in one ear and out the other this phrase highlights a common struggle of parenting children might hear but they choose not to follow their instructions James addressed this issue with his brothers and sisters in the faith in verses 20 through 22 through 24 despite the persecution or various trials chapter 1 verse 5 they faced it is imperative for Christians to live out their faith in fear and trembling obeying God's instructions. God is not content when his people simply attend church to hear powerful, soul-stirring sermons. He wants us to absorb every message from his word, whether through a sermon, personal Bible study, a gospel song on the radio, or any other means he chooses and adjust our lives in response. Allowing his word to go in one ear and out the other without transformation is a blight on an otherwise Christian life. When the implanted word has taken root in a believer's heart, the result will be more than idle listening. This is because the implanted word will impact the believer's actions and result in holy living. Therefore, James continued with the command to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Verse 22. In Jewish life, hearing scripture read was an essential element of the people's religious experience. However, James said hearing is not enough. In the Greek, the command to be doers means, quote, to keep on becoming doers of God's word, end quote. James is describing a lifestyle of increasing obedience, submission to God, and maturity that results from fearing the Lord. See Proverbs 1 and 7. And the lesson from June 7. A doer of the word actively and continually 
obeys God's instructions as a priority. By insisting on obedience, James was not negating the importance of hearing God's word, but highlighting the need for acting on it in response to all that we hear. James said people who simply hear the word without taking action and applying it to their lives actually are deceiving themselves. Verse 22. Such self-deception occurs when we mistakenly think or believe we truly are in alignment but actually are in error. A hearer can nod agreeably and say, Amen! To support any truth that is being said while still failing to act in accordance with what they've heard. Our churches are full of such people. However, God wants us to continue to mature as disciples of Christ through obedient action. Those who hear and learn the message without doing anything are the target audience for Jesus' warning against this error. Refer to Matthew 7, 21-27. Note that James was not contradicting himself in verse 19 and verses 22-25. In verse 19, James praised listening and condemned taking action without taking time to listen. Conversely, he also condemned merely listening without responding with appropriate action in verse 22 through 25. In verses 23 through 25, James provided an example to demonstrate the folly of hearing but not obeying God's word. Today's mirrors usually are made from glass. But, in New Testament times, mirrors were made of polished metals, such as copper, bronze, silver, and gold. People used them for the same reasons we use them, to make sure our appearance is satisfactory. Ancient mirrors produce reflections that were dim and warped at best. However, one would have a good idea of how he or she looked. James likened the people who simply hear the word to people who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are and how they look. Verse 24. The same thing happens spiritually when we notice or hear truth from God's word only to jump to something else without remembering to apply what we heard or addressing what the mirror revealed needing fixing. Conversely, the Christian or the doer of the word who, quote, looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom verse 25, and perseveres in allowing it to shape his or her actions and direct his or her life 
will be blessed. Looking intently describes a Christian who listens to the gospel's message with a desire to learn and grow. The desire to grow results in a Christian persevering in and doing, continuing to do what the word says. Verse 25. In addition, the active Christian overcomes the propensity to forget by putting into practice what he or she has heard. James was not saying that obeying the word is a matter of salvation in this verse. James's explanation of the relationship between faith and works or good deeds will be discussed more fully in next week's lesson. Instead, James clearly suggests a relationship between hearing the word, obeying the word, growing spiritually, and experiencing God's blessings. Notice that James's words echo the blessing Jesus pronounced in Luke 11 and 28. But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Quick to do. Section 3 is entitled, Quick to Practice True Religion, verses 26 and 27 from the King James Version. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. And to keep himself unspotted from the world. James devoted the last two verses of chapter 1. To defining what it means to practice true religion. To be a doer of God's word. First, doers of his word watch what they say and realize their words are indicators of their commitment to the Lord. Second, doers of the word demonstrate their devotion to God by caring for the vulnerable in society. Finally, doers of the word refuse to let the world corrupt them. Verse 26 further explains what it means to be slow to speak. See also verse 19. And begins with a conditional statement. If anyone's among you thinks he is religious. In this verse, the word religious describes one's piety, worship, or devotion to God. 
James was explaining what happens when a person is not a doer of the word. James indicated that one who is truly religious and devoted to God demonstrates his or her devotion by controlling his or her tongue. People who are hearers only, however, may say or think they are religious, though they are unable to keep a tight rein on their tongues, verse 26, or bridle their tongues. The image of a rein or bridle is connected to horses. And this metaphor describes putting a bit into the animal's mouth in order to restrain, direct, and or guide it. James was saying that the tongue is destructive when it is unrestrained and uncontrolled. See James chapter number three. Thus, controlling one's tongue is evidence of a person who is actively and purposely engaged in obeying God's word. Christians fool themselves and are poor witnesses for Christ in the world when they, wit when they claim to be religious yet are reckless with their language and use destructive words. In verse 27, James affirmed that loving ministry and holy living go hand in hand as they prove that practitioners of such activities are performing true religion by acting on the principles in God's word. To look after, to visit, caring for, in the original Greek, usually appeared in conjunction with visiting the sick and incarcerated, thus suggesting the word distress confirms that those who follow Christ are compelled to attend to society's most helpless. Distress implies these people are suffering in pain and need someone to come to their aid. James essentially asked, do you realize that meeting practical needs is not a suggestion or optional, but is central, obligatory, and mandatory to true faith? Social justice is necessary but is not sufficient apart from being motivated by God's purposes. James went on to command his siblings in the faith to be in the world, but not of the world. As we often hear said in church, verse 27. He exhorted his readers to keep themselves from being polluted by the sinful, fallen world systems. We are called to be salt and light to the world 
that desperately needs our Savior. We cannot blend in with the world and live God-honoring, set-apart lives. Christ followers must be hearers and doers of the word. Quick to practice true religion. According to James, a Christian is one who is open to receiving God's word. A Christian is also one who hears the word and decides to implement those words in his or her life. As we wrap up this Bible lesson, this portion of the epistle is absolutely about defining who is eligible to be a part of the community of faith. Religion as defined only by ritual observance is insufficient and lackluster. We are called to help the most vulnerable within our society. We all should sing reflectively the question, do you got good religion? Hopefully, we can answer affirmatively. Are you involved with someone or something in your life that challenges your obedience to God? Are you finding it difficult to let it go? Perhaps you may be afraid of what it may cost you or to give up a particular sin. Consider what it will cost you if you don't give it up. The inclination to stay in sin is evil. Sin leads to death. Are you willing to die for that sin? We never should be afraid to do the right thing. And we never should feel timid to obey God. We can also be confident in our obedience. For God have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. A delay in obeying God can easily result in missing out on God's best for our lives. When we choose to obey God, we become free. God blesses what we do when we choose him, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word God has planted in you, which can save you. As we conclude our lesson, if you want to share some thoughts on social media use the hashtag faith in action faith without action is cheap not to be a braggart but to inspire others take a picture and share your faith in action tag us 
and use the hashtag The Old Soul Podcast. Now, here's a couple discussion questions. Number one, James 1, 19 through 21 focuses on speech as an area for demonstrating obedience to God's word, calling for godly speech as a demonstration of one's commitment to the Lord. Reflect on words you said during the past week. Which descriptor best applies to you? Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, a complete hindrance to the righteousness God desires? Question number two. James emphasized that listening and obeying are two different actions. Which one of these actions does James prefer us to focus on? As always, with the Deal Soul Podcast and Sunday School Sundays, we leave you with a little bit of homework. It's called the DDR, the Daily Devotional Readings, as it helps with next week's Bible lesson. Here they are. Monday. Abraham blessed for fearing God. Genesis 22. 9 through 19. Tuesday. Spies saved by Rahab's quick actions. Joshua 2, 1 through 7. Forgive others as God forgave you. Matthew 18, 23 through 35. Thursday. Devoted to good works. Avoiding distractions. Titus 3, 1 through 2, then 8 through 11. Friday, works guided by loyalty to God. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Saturday, receive God's mercy by showing mercy. James chapter 2, 8 through 13. Sunday, faith and works must go together. James 2, 14 through 26. That is the end of another episode of Sunday School Sundays for the Theosoul Podcast, where theology meets sociology, along with a little bit of soul. You can find your podcast where podcasts can be found. A few places you can find this podcast, the Theo Soul Podcast. Search on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public. You can find us on social media, on Facebook, under the host's name, yours truly, Chad Cooper. We're also on Twitter. And Instagram on Twitter at CJCooper929. And also on Instagram at CJCooper929. If you feel led, you can donate. Cash App is CJCooper22. 
We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Theo Soul Podcast. Good night and God bless.